Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance the President of the United States can use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said at this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is really seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello, hello everybody, welcome to the Prophecy Zone, this is Brother Phil Armstrong and I'm coming to you live from beautiful Spokane, Washington uh, on this uh, wonderful afternoon, Um, it's nice to be alive, nice to be able to uh, look at God's word and, and find out that when you obey God's word there is peace that surpasses all understanding, I was just driving in the car with my wife and I was just telling her how peaceful I am and heart. Um, things will come along in life, trials and tribulations, but uh, you know, God gives you time where you go through the valleys and you go through the mountains and you go back through the valleys and you go through the mountains, and that's life. Some people's valleys last longer than some people's mountains, but uh, you persevere. And um, through those valleys is when people get tested, uh, if they're going to follow Jesus or not. And um, I enjoy uh, going through life because you are going to either pick up wisdom 
or are you going to pick up something and lay it to the side and it no longer becomes wisdom, it becomes foolishness. Um, when I um, go through Facebook and YouTube, I... I I'm glad that God prepared me in my life, and then you probably think this is a bunch of nonsense and I should bring my guest on, but me and my friends used to, uh, uh, and my associates and whatever, used to what we call blaze each other. You know, your mama's so fat, or you're so ugly, or you got a big nose, or you got a big, deep voice. Mine, mine basically got on me from my voice. So I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and... uh I kind of find out that I, I developed a tough skin, and when I'm on YouTube and or on um, uh, Facebook or any other uh, place of uh, social media, I find it, it that yeah, you get your feelings hurt because we are humans, but I have a much tougher skin uh, when people don't agree with me, or I mean, because you know if you look at uh, especially since I've been doing at least blog talk radio, and um, since I've been you know heavily involved in Facebook, we get to a point where if nobody don't agree with us, we feel bad about it, and then we either try to lean in or lean out. We either try to convince somebody that there's a preacher of rapture, or we try to convince somebody who Juan Carlos is the Antichrist, which most of us been wrong. A lot of us have been wrong. And we'll sit there and try to convince somebody, and if we don't convince somebody, we don't feel right about it. Well, what I decided to do, even just this year, is if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Now, I, I want to be right about the scriptures. I want to be right about the simplicity of Christ. I want to be right about the gospel, the truth. When Jesus was at the well and he said, you must worship God in spirit and in truth. The spirit must show you truth and the spirit must lead you by truth. And if, it, if the spirit's not there, then you're not any of God. So what I decided to be right about is... Um, the 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 things that we need the first uh, issues of gospel the gospel is not the secondary not the third not the fourth secondary issues yeah you should be somewhat right about but the third issues and the fourth issues if you make them up who I think um you know Brit Musburger is the Antichrist you know something like that then no he's not so you know just get over it. You know, and a lot of people, especially preacher rapture people, you know, I, I'm 100. percent You're not gonna. I, I don't even think I ever budged off of rapture. I really don't. I don't even think I've even took a look. Now I do open up my. You know, I say, okay, let me sit down and read the Bible and see if I can see, see posts or see if I can see mid. I, and I don't see any of them, but. No one's never convinced me otherwise. Now, what somebody did change me on is who the Antichrist was. And I used to be 100% sure he was coming from Europe. Now I'm about 50-50 that he's coming from either Europe or the Middle East. Not Africa, though. And I was I was 100% sure that, that Europe would be the main, that's my guess this tonight, that Europe would be the main, main function of the beast. But I'm not so sure about that anymore. But what I am sure about is this, and I hate to use this word, it all pan out, as long as I'm not here to see it. And then we get the reports from the angels, it's the Mediterranean Union, it's not the European Union, it's the European Union, you know, I don't care. 
as long as I'm sitting at the lounge bucket. I mean, seriously, folks. And then, you know what I know this apparatus is going to be? Are we praying for the people on earth? Do you know we're going to be in heaven praying for the people, representing the people? And we're going to be like, how long should our pe- brothers and sisters, you know, we're going to be there for that. We're not going to be, who's the Antichrist is? Tell me, tell me. I, wanna, I got to hear it. You got to tell me who the Antichrist is. Oh, I'm going to lose all my hair. You don't lose hair in heaven. Oh, I'll lose it anyway. You know, something like that. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to guess Nathan Jones. And uh, Nathan, Nathan was on our show about <clears throat> a year or two ago, and uh, I'm not so sure. I was I was checking the um, archives, and I saw Terry James was on here about a, two years ago. So both both of these guys have been on here twice. Um, just real quick, um, I was on the treadmill the other night, and uh, uh, Nathan's on uh, Christ in Prophecy, which is an awesome radio, I mean, television show, which I'm, I'm going to tape on my hopper, um, and I, I got, I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going to tape that tonight. Um, make sure y'all remind me. Send me an email. That, no, I was joking. But anyway, uh it, they were talking about the 70th week of Daniel, and they were talking about the gaps in between. So I'm going to ask them about that on today's show when we come back. We're going to bring on Nathan Jones. We'll be right back. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. 
On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence? Or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. Be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future in the rapture of the church, the concentration camps of the enemy, your host, once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to the zone, the prophecy zone. Technical difficulties between the hours of three and seven, I think. We normally have technical difficulties, especially when it's probably cutting in and out. Uh, but um, uh, Nathan uh, belongs, he's a part of a ministry called Lamb and Lion Ministries. And the program, uh, Christ uh, in Prophecy, which I mentioned earlier, is a wonderful program. And um, they and to finish up what I was saying, they had um, about 17 um, uh, Bible prophecy experts come on, and then they asked that question. So that's what I was saying. And Nathan happened to be one of the individuals on the panel that who was um, and during a prophecy conference that they were having. Uh, Nathan is evangelist and well. Brother, 
I've been doing very well. I've been uh, enjoying seeing your posts on Facebook. You mentioned earlier on Facebook a lot, and you're not kidding. Yeah. Well, we um, we are blessed to be on Facebook. Facebook is a, a great tool. But um, I'm really uh, impressed by you guys, your guys' ministry. Um, and uh, I, I talk about uh, I'm sure my wife, um, you guys, I had August on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, a couple of days ago, actually, and um, he was part of that panel also, 17 individuals, um, which I was like, man, let me re- let me fast forward this and reverse it and <laughs> and, and listen to it over and over again because it was a blessing, quite a blessing. Oh, praise the Lord. We were um, at the pre-trib conference. It's held down here in Dallas every year. Uh, Tim LaHaye and Tommy Ice uh, put it on, and it's a fantastic conference. All the best minds in Bible prophecy get together, and they go over different studies that they've done and all. And while that's going on, uh, Dr. Reagan and our media team are um, have a room off by the coffee shop there, and each year we have a different theme and different uh, experts. It's the best place to get all the experts in one shot, and we bring them in and ask them different questions. Uh, Last year was Revelation, this year's topic is Daniel, and, and uh, we're going to be there at the pre-trip conference this year asking uh, more questions of the various teachers that are there. So excellent opportunity to to have decades and decades. You know, when you probably put all those guys together, you probably got almost like a 1,000 years of Bible prophecy study right there. So best to tap it, right? Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, 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 that's uh, something else. That's a lot of meat there. <laughs> Not kidding. It's a great yeah. conference. Uh, I hope to see you some there, Phil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, um, let's talk about uh, the 70 weeks, because that was a question that they had asked. And I had asked August this at the same time, and also Tommy Ice when he was on here about a week ago. We had asked some of the same questions. So since I have you here, I wanted to give your input on Daniel's 70th week. Um uh, now, some uh, believe that it's already been fulfilled. I mean, I've heard everything um, about that. Um, so what is your take on it? I'll just go right to the point. Well, it's clearly a, a prophecy that has partly been fulfilled. You can go to Daniel chapter 9 and uh, verses 20 through the end of that chapter, chapter, and that's where Daniel's given the prophecy of the 77s. Now, you read start in verse 24. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgression, put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. And all these things would be accomplished in a span of seventy-seven. G seven is a a week is a seven years, so four hundred and ninety years. There'd be forty-nine years for the Jews to rebuild Israel. And then uh, there would also up to 483 years till the Messiah is cut off. In other words, Jesus uh, would be cut off, he'd be crucified. And we can find that out uh, to the day that 483 years passed when Jesus did his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So that's an amazing bit of prophecy. But we still have uh, one week of seven left. And those things that we read there, those 77s and those six different topics, haven't been covered yet. There's still another seven weeks that has got to be. So there's got to be a gap between the 483 years of prophecy and the seven years of prophecy. Now going back to that in Daniel 9, the six accomplishments, it says the first thing to have to happen is to finish transgression. And that means that the people, the Jews, who rejected Jesus as their Messiah, 
They have to finish mm-hmm. the transgression of rejecting their own Messiah. And clearly the Jews today continue to reject Jesus as Savior. Uh, it also says yeah. that the second thing that happens is to make an end of sin. Well, the end of sin, as you know, is the end of rebellion against God. So we have to have an end of rebellion against God, and that hasn't happened yet either. The third thing mm-hmm. that happens is atonement for iniquity. There has to be a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Jesus had to die on the cross and then finish that by coming back at his second coming, and he hasn't come back yet. The fourth thing Daniel 9.24 says is to bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, you need a righteous people to have everlasting righteousness, and you also have to have a righteous king. So uh, that's only Messiah is the king, so we're waiting for the king to return. The fifth accomplishment would be to seal up vision and prophecy. In other words, all prophecy has to be fulfilled, and obviously that hasn't come to a conclusion yet. And then the sixth thing yeah. that happens deals with the anointing of the most holy place, or the temple, in other words. There has to be a genuine temple again, and that's a temple we're waiting for Jesus to set up in the millennial kingdom, not the third temple during the tribulation. So there's got to be a gap between the 483 weeks and the final seven weeks, and we know that by reading Revelation 2 and 3, that that's the church age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would be uh, the next step in... Uh, the uh, 70 weeks. I mean, what what would be the trigger that would get the last week accomplished? Well, we know from Jeremiah Jeremiah 37 that it's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, Daniel said it was a seven-year period. You can read about it, uh, two sections of times, times, and half a times. That's three and a half years each. That That final seven weeks, those final seven years, are dedicated to what's called the tribulation. It's a time period... You can read about it, especially in Revelation, where God's wrath will come down onto the earth in 21 different judgments for the purpose of bringing people basically to the end of their rope so that they have to choose either God or Satan. They have to make that decision. And it's also for the Jews to be able to convert, to, to have their hearts turn from humanism to following God to, at the end of the tribulation, accepting Jesus Christ upon his return. And it's for Jesus to have victory over evil, man. That is the part I'm looking for, the end of evil for a time until the end of that millennial kingdom afterwards, but a time of evil being destroyed, Satan being bound, the Antichrist and false prophet who will be the rulers of the one world government at that time period will be thrown into the hell, and we will finally have Jesus' ruling here, reigning here in peace, righteousness, and justice. And man, as terrible as the tribulation sounds, that final Daniel 70th week, we look forward to the millennial kingdom of Jesus where we have peace, yeah, righteousness, and justice. And, man, that's what I'm looking forward to. Amen. Hallelujah. And that is the time I am looking forward to. I think I had some dreams about that. I'm not the YouTube dreamer, but uh, I've had some visions and dreams <laughs> waking up one day thinking my whole body was translated up. I wish you know, that's that was the thing. Uh, one of our uh, guys who works in the mailroom at the ministry, Tony, uh, came up to me today. Tony Privet's been a long time. Facebook moderator, and now he serves on staff. But he came up to me this morning and said that same thing. He's been having a lot of dreams about the rapture lately. I don't know if it's yeah. on people's minds lately because things are getting so bad, but uh, a lot of people are thinking rapture right now. Yeah, amen, amen. Uh, it's sticking with the, um, the, the, I guess, the schedule I gave you yesterday. Uh, let's talk about the preacher rapture. Now, let me ask you a question first. When when I say the word when I say the word day of the Lord, what is the length of the day of the Lord? 
Well, I, I believe that the day of the Lord in, in all biblical references is talking about the fin- Daniel's 70th week, that, that seven years. Now, the day of Christ is the, the second coming, that last day of the tribulation when Jesus returns. But the day of the Lord typically throughout Bible prophecy is referring to the tribulation, although some have equated it to also include the church age as a, you know, one big blanket end times of 2,000 years plus. Now, now in God's word, he says a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. Would that possibly cover the millennium? No, again, it's it's using like and as, and like and as are comparators. In other words, time is, is not meaningful to God. People have taken that, just gone with it. Instead of, they remove the word like and as, and they'll say, well, for God, a thousand years is a day. Well, it doesn't say it is a day. It says it's like a day. In other words, time is meaningless to God. He's eternal. So, you know, for us, our, our lives are just like, you know, a snap. But uh, I don't think that that means that uh, a day is a thousand years to God. It, it clearly is a comparative uh, use of the words there. Okay. All right. So um, as far as a thief in the night, um, what do you think he means by uh, now, is he, is he saying that to come as a thief, that they are the Lord to come as a thief in the night to the people who are in or raptured or the people who is not raptured or both? And is he referring, I guess my question is, is he referring to the church being raptured to, to, to start that that period of time called the, um, the, um, the time of Jacob's trouble? Wow, you, you picked a a word that's been greatly debated over time, uh, subject, who is the thief? Of course, uh, how could the church be compared to a thief, or how could Christ be compared to a thief that that sneaks in? So some have said that, well, he's referring to Satan, where he will sneak into the world or to to lives, so to speak, and and take over the government. Kind of similar if you watch those uh, Star Wars movies, you know how the emperor kind of snuck in and took over everything bit by bit. Well, that's how Satan's doing it, and clearly that's the case. We can see as the governments are all moving towards a one-world order. And then there's others interpret that verse that Jesus is the, the thief. He, he comes to people that are unprepared, that don't realize when he's coming. But there are other verses yeah. that, that uh, we it, it should never come as a surprise to Christians because we should be expecting it. That, that's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He always gives us information about what's going to happen in the future. Maybe not as yeah. much information as we'd want. But he gives us the information that we know it's going to happen. We know the rapture's coming. We know the tribulation's coming, the second king coming, the millennial kingdom. All that's coming, and we know that. So that's a wonderful thing. So it won't be the surprise to us. The day certainly will be a surprise. The hour will be a surprise. Uh, but uh, for the unbelieving world, and it, it will definitely be a surprise. I mean, they're not expecting it because they really don't know much about it. Or if they do, they kind of mock it in movies like Rapture Palooza and some of these others. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, and another movie I just passed by the end or something like that. It's called the end, or and uh, man, I don't even want to watch it. I have to mm-hmm. wait for the. I work at I work at a place where kids watch movies. So I have to wait till they get it, so I can have an excuse. Cause we got to watch them anyway. But it's probably like vomiting material for Christians. It's just at least. Uh, so uh, I mean, mocking Jesus, on, shooting him out of the sky with the cannon of the second coming. I would hate to be yeah. those people standing before the Lord one day. I know, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay, the, uh, what I should have did in this uh, schedule I sent you, I should have said Revelation slash Tribulation. But um, 
We kind of covered a, a about broad swath of topics. So whatever question you want to ask in that area, I'll do my best for you, man. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, the tribulation period, explain how would that be um, to the audience. Explain the entire tribulation? <laughs> well, just, just just explain it in, in, a, in a nutshell, you know, what, what it's going to be like. So, because um, I have another question for you other that. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if we want to sum it up, what is the tribulation going to be like? Uh, the Bible says it's going to be the worst time in human history. There is will be of no time in human history as bad as it will be during those seven years. Uh, what we know is that the rapture of the church is... Christians have given their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, we are saved. The church gets taken up into the clouds to be with Jesus forever. And when we're in heaven, we go through the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a party that the Lord celebrates. We're up there. Uh, the tribulation will then have 21 terrible judgments that will befall the earth. And it will, by the end of those seven years, pretty much decimate not only the world population, but the world ecology. Everything that we have ever supported will be pretty much destroyed by the end. Satan will be given a, almost a free reign, and uh, he will raise up a guy called the Antichrist, and who will have a false prophet, and the world will beg this guy to take over to help them solve their problems of the world. And that's where you get into the final one-world government, a one-world economic system, a worship of the Antichrist, and, of course, worship of Satan through the Antichrist. And during those 21 terrible judgments that will befall the world, People will get the opportunity to accept Jesus as Savior. You know, it takes sometimes the, the hardest situations to get people to change their minds. And the Lord during that time will provide two witnesses in Jerusalem to share the gospel. 144,000 Jews will come to know Jesus as their Savior and be uh, sharing the gospel. Uh, all our Bibles and, and left-behind material will be out there to teach people. A gospel angel will share uh, spread the gospel throughout the tribulation time. So people have plenty of opportunities to hear the Lord's word and accept Jesus. And we read that multitudes beyond count accept Jesus as their Savior that time and also are martyred for their faith as well. So it would be a terrible time of persecution both for uh, Christians and for Jews. But at the end of that time, Jesus returns with us, with the church, and just with the word he defeats all the forces of the enemy at Armageddon. He defeats Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, he holds a judgment called the sheep-goat judgment, which we read in Matthew 25, and he separates those who rejected him throughout the tribulation. They're sent to Hades, a holding place, waiting final judgment. And the rest in earthly bodies uh, get to live on into the millennial kingdom. Uh, the millennial kingdom, again, is a time where Jesus will rule and reign here on earth in Jerusalem. The curse will be partially lifted. It will be almost utopian. And those people in earthly bodies will ha continue to have children and populate it, and those of us in our glorified bodies, those of us who are raptured, will be there helping Jesus to rule and reign and teach and administrate. So, that, I'm sorry, that covers a yeah. lot, of, but uh, that, that's it in a nutshell. Okay. So, what should we be, uh, what should the listeners be doing in relevance to what you just told them? What should be, what do you, what do you believe in your heart should be the focus of the church right now with what you just said? Evangelism. The focus of Amen. the church, of course, should always be Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ in this church aid gave us the Great Commission in Acts 1-8, that we're to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And knowing that the, the rapture of the church is coming soon, we must be going out there and sharing the gospel with as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, before the Lord Amen. returns. 
And uh, that is our prerogative still. It hasn't changed. Knowing the future hasn't changed. Um, knowing Bible prophecy doesn't make us useless and all too heaven-centered. No, we're, we're knowing that the time is short. We should be focusing on Jesus and his gospel and getting that message out. Amen. Amen. And do you believe that the church is doing that now? I believe so, yeah. I mean, obviously we're seeing the church wane in the West. Uh, as the Again, Bible prophecy tells us that the final... Uh, personality of the church in the church age is the church of Laodicea. You could read in uh, Revelation chapter 3. It's uh, apathetic. Uh, they feel like they're rich, but they're really not spiritually. And that's kind of the church of the West. But, boy, you can read about the church in Africa and China, and it is continuing to march across the world. People are getting saved. Muslims by the millions are getting saved. And I think that's why they're resorting to so many desperate acts like in Nigeria because they're realizing they're losing numbers left and right. And we're seeing the gospel march on. You know, more people are probably saved, I think, statistically in the 20th century than all the centuries beforehand. And we know in the tribulation will probably be the greatest soul harvest that history has ever seen. So Christ uh, isn't dormant. He uh, continues to, to go out there and, and through the church get his message out. Amen, amen. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we got um, more questions with Nathan Jones. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Prophecy Zone, the place to stay informed about current events that line up with Bible prophecy. And now, you're watching on the wall and host. Armstrong. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. you got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision we're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. So go through the countries again? Well, starting with Iraq, then Syria and Lebanon, then Libya, then Somalia and Sudan, and then back to Iran. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prophecy Zone on Talk Radio.
judging by that one commercial or audio file, I suppose you wonder what I'm going to ask make them next. Uh, it appears that we uh, have went to Afghanistan, Iraq, and Libya, and, and all these countries. Um, it apparently appears that Syria could be next. Um, you know, we're in more of a slow-mo pace. I don't know, to, in my opinion, which uh, I don't know how, how far it stretches, but um, in my opinion, it's just an opinion, uh, uh, it seems like to me Syria is going to be the staging ground for World War III. Now, the reason why I got this, I had a radio program that I'd done uh, when I first started, and, and I told my audience to watch Syria. Uh, and uh, and I also had a radio program about a week ago, and I told them I said this 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 thing that they got with Syria is not gonna not gonna pop off yet. We still got some time. And how did I know that? Well, it was kind of written all over the place that maybe Barack Obama was uh, looking like he wanted to go uh, because he was conceived more more or less going to be start getting concerned with his legacy. Just watch my, mark my words, he's going to start getting concerned with his legacy because he's going to figure out I have no legacy. Um, Bill Clinton and George Bush were concerned with their legacy in their second term. So just sit back and watch what I say. But um, anyway, uh, Nathan, uh, Syria, um, it seems like uh, we escaped. Uh, and let me, let me also read this uh uh, before I finish that question, it says Netanyahu, it says Israel would not allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons even if it stands alone. And uh, for some of y'all who listened to Netanyahu give a speech, one of the brothers on Facebook was uh, 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 Keith was um, or Kevin was um, passing out uh, links to the UN so we can look, listen to that speech. I don't know if he did you guys at Christ and Prophecy page. Uh, but um, it seems like uh, the United States is not going to do it, but do you believe Israel is going to uh, go into Syria or even uh, skip over Syria and go to Iran? I think prophetically we know uh, two things. One is that at some point in time, Israel will annihilate the capital city of Damascus. Isaiah 17 and Jeremiah 49 all prophesy a time where Israel in one night will annihilate what is the oldest city in the world, Damascus, which is the capital of Syria. So we know it, that has never happened in history. Uh, obviously, Damascus being destroyed, the, the prophecy is also that they wouldn't resettle it, and it's settled, so it couldn't be a past prophecy. So at some point in time, Israel needs to deal with Damascus. Now, Damascus is the black market center of the world right now. I mean, almost all the black market weapons and munitions stuff go through there. So it could be that there's a point where Israel has to deal with Damascus quickly because maybe they have, say, Iran has progressed enough to get a nuclear weapon uh, at a closer launch site than, than Iran. We're not sure. But we know that Israel is going to intervene in Syria some maybe not through this engagement, but in the future. Uh, the second prophecy we know is uh, uh, because of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog-Magog battle talks about an outer ring of Muslim nations with Russia. Uh, they, they teamed up with Iran and uh, Turkey 
and Libya and some of these other nations, and they're going to attack Israel, but not the neighboring countries around Israel, oddly enough. And you would think, with all the hostility with Lebanon and Jordan and Syria and Egypt and all, that they would be part of that Gog-Magog battle, but they're not. So something has yeah. to happen beforehand for Israel to subjugate their neighboring countries, and the theory behind that right now is that Psalm 83 might be a war where Israel has to subjugate Syria along with the other nations around them. Now, we know through Bible prophecy and reading Ezekiel 38 and 39 that Iran is in that coalition with Russia, and Iran does not bring nuclear weapons against Israel. matter of fact, there's nothing in Bible prophecy that talks about Iran having nuclear weapons. or I mean, obviously, it wouldn't say nuclear weapons, but the effects of nuclear weapons aren't used on Israel. So at some point, yeah. Israel, it seems clearly prophetically, they will intervene. Uh, maybe they'll scare the Muslim nations away by destroying Damascus but it, it does not look like Iran is going to get nuclear weapons. And whatever they do in the gog Magog battle against Israel, Iran, along with Russia and others, will be destroyed, and only a ninth, uh, ninth of their armies are going to survive, according to Joel, too. So uh, prophetically, we can already start to see this picture coming together. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Government shutdown. Um, nothing is almost like a bumblebee bite, it seems like, for right now. Um and I know this is kind of far off the, the, the edge, but what happens to the United States and um, Bible prophecy? Well, the United States really isn't listed in Bible prophecy. Obviously, you know, the New World isn't. There could be a, a reference to, um, when you read about the, the Gog-Magog battle I just described, Ezekiel 38 and 39, it talks about uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the merchants of Dedan and Tarshish, and the uh, uh, excuse me, the Tarshish is the young lions. It's, uh, Tarshish at the time that that was written was considered the end of the world. It was like Spain or England. It's kind of debatable. And their young lions, as it's interpreted, could be the countries they settled in the New World, either all the Spanish-speaking world through Spain or all the English uh, nations through England, such as Canada, the United States, Australia. And they, they sit it out. It says that Israel goes it alone with against Russia and all those nations, and they can't win. There's no way. But God steps into history again and with the typical, you know, God's wrath, judgment, fire, brimstone, the armies turning on each other. Uh, the destruction of these armies is so amazing that the, the people, the Jews, will believe in God again. They will give up their humanism. They will believe in God again. Maybe not his son Jesus, not to the end of the tribulation. But in all these alliances that these prophecies talk about have come into fruition this day. I mean, it's absolutely amazing to watch what's going on in the Middle East right now and see it. Yeah. And we know that the nations of the world sit out, and basically they don't care about Israel. Our current administration is very anti-Semitic. They could care less about Israel. And so they'll sit it out, and let's see if Israel survives or not. We hope they don't is pretty much what they're thinking. And they sit out, and then God steps in and wins. And, you know, I think if any scenario, that's when we talk about Daniel... 9, 26, and 27, the Antichrist making a treaty with Israel. I don't think it's a treaty for Israel's peace. I believe it's a treaty for the Antichrist to have peace with Israel, to buy him the time to conquer the world and doesn't have to deal with the God of Israel. Yeah, amen, amen. That, make, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of skipped over preacher rapture, uh, and I like to put him in the search engine to see how many people have a fit. But um, <laughs> preacher, <laughs> preacher rapture. Tell me why preacher rapture is um, correct, and the other ones are not. 
Well, when we talk about pre-trib rapture, we're talking about the return of Jesus to take away the church before the seven years tribulation. Instead of making his church, his bride, spend seven years getting destroyed by his own judgments as the post-trib rapture believes, in other words, the rapture happens at the end of the tribulation, uh, we believe that the Lord loves his church, that he wants to rescue his church and take us up to be with, with God again. So there's a lot of arguments I could cover why I believe that there is a pre-trib rapture. In other words, the rapture happens before the tribulation, not in the middle of the tribulation or before the wrath. But all seven years of wrath, all 21 judgments are God's wrath. They come from the throne of God. So it's not like the wrath is the end of the tribulation. The whole tribulation, all seven years, is God's wrath. And I believe that the Bible says that the church will be taken out of the earth before those judgments come. And there's a number of arguments. So for one, you can look at all the passages that talk about the church being raptured. Now, take, for instance, if the rapture happened at the end of the tribulation, and the Christians were taken up, those who had survived the tribulation, up to Jesus, made a U-turn and came back down with earth to Jesus, and then God had the, God, um, the sheep goat judgment. And who were the people then who are righteous, the sheep, who live on into the millennial kingdom in earthly bodies? Because those yeah. who raptured glorified bodies. So there would be nobody to populate the millennial kingdom to have children. So the whole mm-hmm. post-trib rapture, to me, doesn't make any sense. I, actually, I find most of the people who believe in the post-trib rapture want to martyr themselves for Christ. They're really keen yeah. on that. They want to prove their faith as if that some brownie points or something and I say guys if you want to martyr yourself for Christ you go down to Ethiopia or Sudan or Nigeria right now you stand on the street corner and you start proclaiming Christ you'll get martyred yeah. in no time yeah you can just yeah cut it short <laughs> yeah that makes that, that's, that's a good well, earlier you that's said about one. coming as a thief in the night well you know if Jesus was coming at the end of the seven year tribulation that was the rapture that's no thief in the night. Everybody and their brother would know by the end of the tribulation exactly when Jesus is coming, exactly 42 months, um, each year being 360 days. So, again, there would be no thief in the night if the rapture was at the end of the tribulation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, talk to us about your conferences coming up. Uh, is it in Louisiana? Well, uh, that's Al Gist Conference, Maranatha Evangelistic Ministries. We actually had that last month. It was in, well, I, I guess it was, a, it was the end of August or beginning of September. Al Gist is the evangelist with that ministry. He hosts that every year. And uh, I got to go. It was a real blessing. Uh, I got to fill in, actually, because Ed Heinsohn couldn't make it, unfortunately. And so it, it's just yeah. a great blessing to be down there in Louisiana and uh, Al and his wife Sandy are a wonderful couple who have a really great ministry. I recommend anybody check them out. And they hold a conference there every year down in Louisiana. Our ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, we have our conference every year in June or July. This year is going to be July 11th and 12th. And we have it here in the Dallas, Texas area. And uh, each year we have a different theme. And we're still kind of putting the, the details of our conference together because it's, you know, it's all the way out in the middle of, of next year, but you got to plan almost a year ahead of time just to get the place, even the place to meet, and yeah. we just got that nailed down this week, so it's coming together, but I recommend people go to lamblion.com, and if they want to come to our conference here in Dallas, then they can just keep their eyes out for it on our website. Amen, amen, and uh, give, give everybody your um, website, so just in case they don't know. 
Sure, sure. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries' website is lamblion.com. You could remember our ministry name and website name because Jesus' first coming, he came as a, a lamb to suffer and die for our sins. And when he returns, he's coming as a lion to conquer and rule. So it's lamblion.com. Amen, amen, brother. Uh, in December, we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a series on revelations for the whole entire month. And um, if, if you can, uh, I'd like you to come back on and, 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 and I'll, uh, if you can, I'll send you some details on what me and you will be talking about uh, in relevance to the book of Revelations. Uh, it's the last month of the year. That's why I'm, I'm sort of doing it um, in that time period. But uh, okay. let, me let me know. Yes, sir. Let let me know if you can make it, and that that would be awesome uh, asset to the to that uh, teaching. So, uh, thank you for coming on, brother, and um, I appreciate it. Great, great interview, great show. Um, it's always great to have you on. Uh, I know it's been a while, but it, it, time goes so fast. It's almost that it does. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate being on, and I appreciate your listeners tuning in. And if you could tell uh, Terry James hello for me. I sure will. Sure will. God bless you, man. Bye-bye. Hey, God bless. Good Nathan Jones. And we're going to take a break, and we are going to come back, and we're going to chit-chat a little bit before our next guest come on. We'll be very back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture at American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. America's habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. future and host phil armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every thursday and sunday at seven on the prophecy zone what is the new world order the people who are talking about the new world order 
Bible prophecy may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone.